You're about to listen to a Gaming Stooges podcast with your regularly scheduled Stooges. I'm Jack. The internet calls me Cloud. And I'm Landon. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion, and if you do, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, following us on Twitch, or joining our Discord. Let's get on with the show. Spooky. Spookfest. Everybody's in darkness. It's Spookfest. Spookfest. Motherfucker. Welcome to today's episode where, to celebrate Spookfest as we love to every year, we got the podcast in on the Spookfest. And I don't know if you guys remember, but we, we've done some spooky like side discussions in the past like uh spooky levels in non-spooky games on our youtube channel but we're gonna go full-blown spook in today's episode of the podcast and we're gonna talk about spooky games horror games just spooky atmospheres in games that may not necessarily be spooky how you guys feel about spooky games i like some spooky games depending how does Landon the go- Ah, there he is. Oh, God. Ooh. Hi. I've been here the whole time. He has been. Uh, spooky is fine. So, I'm not usually, like, the biggest into, like, horror games. I've played games- I've, like, played a couple of games that maybe have, like, a spooky vibe to them. I've never really been into them, though. I know you guys are big fans of spooky games as we tend to play spooky games every single year for the channel. So I would use I would use large quotations it, over yeah, it, on on over spooky. Yes. We 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 tend to stretch the definition, right? That is one of the yearly traditions of Spookfest is uh it, stretching the definition of what truly defines a spooky game. Yeah. I don't need to say define twice, but uh We've played several Metroids for Spookfest. Yeah, that um, started with uh, Clock Tower back in 2014 when I suggested to Justin, hey, you've played this game before. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, you should let's play it for Halloween. And he's like, oh, okay. Back when we could actually get Justin to let's play games... And the thing about it was, I didn't have the idea until two days before Halloween, so it was very short notice. Uh, I uploaded a an eight minute let's play of the letter, uh, <laughs> which is truly one of our greatest videos. Uh, it was a full game playthrough, at least at the time, uh, <laughs> before I reduxed it. But and that went up. I don't even remember if it actually went up on Halloween, but like the first year of Spookfest, it was kind of, you know, a very hastily made up idea, but uh, we've just kind of done it ever s- since was, every it's year. Just, unironically, like I look forward to October, like even more since starting Spookfest than I did before, because like it's just fun, you know, just like let's playing or streaming like Spookfest spooky games uh you know in the spirit of the holiday 
My favorite part is how it usually takes over more of September and November. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and so the, it's, okay. it's a three-month process now. <laughs> it's all, it's almost like just, yeah, uh, I, just the one, one month. I will say the very next year uh, was probably the single most organized this channel has ever been. That is uh, true. From, from October 1st to October 31st of 2015, we had three Let's Plays... All three of them finished within the month, and we had a video for every single day of the week. It was the hardest we've probably ever worked at we the channel. We did do multi-uploads for Until Dawn uh, yeah. at the end, just to make sure it was done by the end of it, yeah. the month, but yeah. It was it was Until Dawn, Luigi's Mansion, and then Justin did Resident Evil. So this actually brings up a decent talking point then. And this is going to be more you guys talking than me since I've never, I don't participate too much in spook fest just cause like, you know, the kind of vibes is just kind of like the kind of games I don't usually play all that much. But I did want to ask you, what are s some of your favorite games that uh, you've played for the spook fest event? Event. <laughs> there's been, there's been quite a bit at this point. God, I don't know. My favorite game that I've played for Spookfest, I want to say, like, honestly, probably Night in the Woods. Like, not a spooky game at all. So, like, it, not even relevant to the topic at hand, but it's very much a... It was played like, for Spookfest, though. It was played for Spookfest because it's a very, like, fall, fall. Halloween-themed yeah. game. It's just not spooky. I mean, I guess there are spooky moments, but... The eh. whole back end. Yeah, but like I I love that game. I loved that I loved that let's play. Um but I guess as far as like the spooky games are concerned, uh shit, what did I do? I liked Limbo a lot, honestly. I'll say like, like out of the games that you guys played, I think one of my favorite to follow was actually Inside. Oh, I yeah. That was, I was that was a really fun let's play. I was just watching or rewatching that Let's Play the other day because I was sick in bed and I happened upon it. Um, but yeah, no, Inside was great. Uh, fucking weird ass game, pretty spooky game, kind of. Yeah, I mean, like it's very dystopian, and there are some like moments that are definitely like definitely make you shiver a little bit some certain enemies that that'll get you uh yeah what about you landon i remember some games that i played uh remind me so i, I let's see the ones you i've done for spookfest uh a couple were, different metroid games you played I, the last of us the only metroid i remember doing for spookfest was metroid one yeah that was the only Metroid that was for Spookfest. Um, okay, I, th I thought Metroid that you might have done. Uh, I thought that you might have done Metroid Two. Metroid True was right before Spookfest that year. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I do remember that. So it was Until Dawn was my first one, um, and then I didn't do a Spookfest game. I think the next two years was that true? Uh, yeah, because in 2016. 
Uh, I started Bioshock, and Justin started Resident Evil 2. Uh, I would not finish Bioshock until the year after, which was the only game we did for Spookfest in 2017. Uh, and Resident Evil 2 was never finished. Right. And then the, the year after that thing of all. was uh, Dark Pictures... It was like the first Dark Pictures, Man of Badan, right? Yep. Uh, I believe so, in right? 2018? Is that true? No, I, um, I don't think... Wait, Because no. we've done... The, we've done four Dark Pictures games, and, you know, 23, 22... But did you tw- do one each year consecutively, or was there a break no. year in between? No, because I, I did was gonna say, yeah, no, The Last of th- Us and Metroid uh, for two I think that checks out... I was going to say, I think that checks out then, because I think I'm you gonna... did 20... Yeah, because if, like, 2018... Tw- let's say the break year is 2020... Oh, that we had. We just did the fourth one this year, though. Yeah, so that would be two break years. Uh, so maybe the first one was twenty nineteen. Oh, 20, if there is two break years, then yeah. Twenty twenty eighteen was Metroid. Okay. Twenty nineteen was Man of Medan. Okay. And then that makes sense. Was Little Hope after that, or was it The Last of Us? Uh, the Last of Us was after that. I was gonna okay. say, yeah, I remember Little Hope and uh, House of Ashes being like back to back years. Yeah. Uh, so this is a long way to round to get to uh, The Wolf Among Us has been my favorite. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> no. I mean, that game was a lot of fun um, for Good uh, one game. of the streams. Um, but I would say, like, as far as favorite game out of Lowe's, The Last of Us, just it's a well-made game, and it was like, you know, it was fun to watch uh, Cloud's reaction to that. But all of the Dark Pictures games are, like, my favorite type of game to play for Spookfest. Oh, yeah. Just because they're pretty short. Uh, they are funny just because of, you know, the you have to have a uh, suspension of belief uh, for what's happening most of the time. Uh, and they're really easy games to, like, make fun of. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, so... To the- Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Build off of that if you. I I was just going to say to to this day, it's not a dark pictures game, but it's made by the same people. Until Dawn is like probably my favorite Spookfest LP. Like that was thoroughly entertaining from start to finish, and just a just a fun let's play. A lot of good moments. So this uh, some of the things you mentioned actually bring up a really good. Uh, segue but i wanted to ask when it comes to games with like a spooky atmosphere or stretching the definition of spooky or just straight up horror games stuff like that like what do you what do you guys particularly like that draws you into these kind of games particularly is there like like landon said uh some games he likes the fact that you know yes they are supposed to be spooky but they have they they're kind of hammy so you can make fun of them so, like, that might be kind of one flavor of game that you like to pick up, but maybe you like something more atmospheric, like, Jack, you've played, you know, Limbo and Inside, which are more, you know, surreal, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, what would you guys would say is your preference? Well, is it just for Spookfest, or is it, like, to play? Just in general. general. Just okay. just in general, yeah. We're going to get into the wider topic of just uh, spooky games now. Um... I don't know. I mean, like, the thing about horror, just as a genre, like, movies 
I'm like unmovable. I like very little in movies actually scares me. Like very few like horror movies like actually fucking get to me. But when it comes to games, I'm kind of chicken shit because like being the person in control is so much scarier than watching other people be in control of the situation. And I mean, like I don't I don't know. I don't fuck I don't particularly care for jump scares. Like I just think they're at best kind of funny. At best they're funny. Uh which I will say in terms of the Dark Pictures anthology, very funny jump scares. Like yeah. <laughs> consistently. Uh but I don't know. I don't care for the fucking like the zoomer type of horror games like Five Nights at Freddy's or fucking yeah. whatever the the hot the uh trendy like internet horror game like fucking Baldi's Basics or some shit. Uh but like I don't fucking care about those. But I don't know. I mean like well, we I can, like game- we can call them like we can call them new age horror games. New age. Give, give, give them a little title to give them some sort of credence, I suppose. Uh, but I do like games like Resident Evil 7, and I want to stream that one day because I think I could play it better if I was streaming it. But like, I I can't play that game alone. It's like it's I get scared. <laughs> uh, uh, sp- speaking of playing uh, those ca- games alone, if you don't mind me cutting in. So I've mentioned I don't really play these games, but I do have a background with um so my mom specifically, huge horror junkie. She watches like horror movies and will literally eat while watching like the most disgusting, gory shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Completely immovable, like you said, Jack. But she's also played horror games because of that, and one series that was like really big for her was Silent Hill, and I never played any of them, but I've watched her and uh, my uncle, I think, and my aunt, uh, all, si- all they're all siblings on that same side. Uh, I've watched them play it, especially my mom, and they've played, I've watched them play all of the first four games to some extent, and it's really fun to watch to have watched her play because I, I, I can't do that shit. Like I would be too scared. But watching her go through it and just, again, just like, just like with movies though, she's completely immovable. Like she'll, like you get a little startled here or there, but she'll be like, she, she, she used to eat that shit up. And the Silent Hill games are very unsettling sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, Silent Hill 2, uh, classic. Maybe I'll stream it one day if you don't want to, Cloud. Uh, I could do it. I just, I have to get the games and I was originally going to do the PS3 collection, but then I heard that's bad. No. So I'm not, I'm not doing that. That collection sucks ass. Oh yeah. So I'm not, I'm not touching it that way. So we'll see. In terms of horror games, like stuff like Silent Hill 2 is like kind of more what I prefer. Just like the not very like in your face type of horror yeah, just like it's more the, like a just subtle just unsettling psych- atmosphere yeah i like i fuck disturbing with, i fuck with a good atmosphere in video games and like silent hill 2 has like some of the best atmosphere in 
any horror game. And that's why it's like one of the best because it's it doesn't control very well, but like it kind of intentionally. Darkest but. Mustang asked a good question. I actually don't know how many uh, in our chat. I don't actually know how many Silent Hill games there are in total. Uh, I really only know like the first four games. Uh, so Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and Silent Hill 4 The Room. I know that there's a few more, and a lot of them aren't particularly considered there was a fucking, that good. There was a Wii game, I think. Yeah. I, I know there was a couple more, at um, least. The other ones past that were Origins, Homecoming, Shattered Memories, Downpour, Book of Memories, and then there okay. was the cancelled PT. Right, okay. So there's actually yeah. <laughs> there's like more games that came after the like the main four than than there so were about, those four. It's about ten. About even? It's about ten, yeah. Okay. I I will say, like, since Landon mentioned it, uh I will bring this up as an opportunity to I mean I will always say that Konami the biggest fuck up one of the biggest fuck ups in like video game history was Konami canceling PT or Silent Hills as it was supposed to be because that was like huge everyone was talking about PT when it came out and Konami was like people don't want this quick let's go make another let's make Metal Gear survive uh I mean, that was way later, but... Uh, because, like, PT... Like, kind of a geniusly made game, honestly. For... I mean, it's just a, you know, a teaser, but... There's so many, there's so much detail put into that game. And it's so, like... It's a psychological type of horror. I mean, there are jump scares, too, but not very many. And... I don't know. Yeah, it just pisses me off that they fucking canceled that they, it. Yeah, that they didn't actually finish it. It sucks. It really does. I've heard that uh, some like PS4 units that like still have like the demo, the playable demo on the console, like they're pretty sought after now because it's like yeah, they didn't they because you can't even get it off the store. You can't even like download it anymore. Yeah, they literally so. took it off the PlayStation Store like years ago. But yeah, so there's about... That would have made what the... Does that count towards the 10 Silent Hill games? Or is that like... count? Are you counting that separately, Landon? PT, that would have counted towards it. So there's nine games that you can actually play. Okay. Yeah. That would have been the 10th one. Yeah, PT gotcha. was... Um, I, but because it had a... It, it did release. Even though it was just a demo of, for a future game. It still... Yeah. Anyway... Oh, no, my turn because you've talked for yeah. the last uh, almost twenty minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, this stream hasn't even been going for part, twenty minutes. Pardon me for talking in this podcast. Podcast where we talk. Okay, I'll I'll go back to playing Dokkan Battle. That's fine. Okay. So for like spooky games, I don't know it. It's not the horror that gets me usually. It's the mechanics. If it sucks to play the game, then I usually don't want to play it. Like, uh, for, like, Resident Evil 2, the remake, I don't care for Mr. X at all. So I got, I played the whole game as, like, Leon up to the point where Mr. X becomes a factor of the game. And I was like, okay, I'm done. 
because it just becomes more frustrating to have to deal with uh, him as an enemy than it do- is to like me to want to play the game and enjoy it. And it's yeah. not because he like is spooky. He just comes up and like breaks you in half, and then you know you get yeah. over. I I I a hundred percent agree with that. Like it, it like yeah, it is more scary. I guess to deal with a like unmovable force that will come back over and over. But at the same time, it's also really annoying. Like it gets to a point where it's just like, all right, come on. Like we, we, we've been through this trying to find, I'm trying to remember there was this one game that I don't remember if it was done for spook fest or if it was just a spooky game that was played for the channel. But I just remember I wasn't playing it, but I remember I was like in the let's play for it. Oh, I'm trying. You you guys can keep talking though. I'm trying to see if I can find it. But that's why I like playing like especially like the dark pictures and until dawn. Like because those games are like easy. <laughs> like <laughs> they're yeah. I I know that's like bad to say, but it's like you I can beat them. And like yeah. I can spend like as much time as I want like to fuck around uh and I can beat them and enjoy myself. And even if someone dies like the story still progresses. Like yeah. even if I fuck up, quote unquote, like I can still like I I still beat the game if everyone dies. So like that's I that's why I like enjoy playing those. But then um uh, like for like games I like, like I still like playing like, some of the Resident Evil games, and I like uh, The Last of Us uh, and its sequel, just because those are fun games to play. Uh, and I guess they just don't have, like, something that I have to, like, run away from uh, all the time. Okay, that that's a good point, because there are a lot... They do do that quite a bit in games that are, like, meant to be, like, scary, where they'll make you, like, run away from something, and it's, like, a core thing... Because it, it's 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 a it's a gimmick. Like they they like to have things chase you. Speaking of that, remember the SAX from Metroid Fusion? Remember yeah. us reacting to it in the thumbnail? <laughs> oh God! Oh, I remember. Good. I remember um, that thumbnail. Okay, it's not. First of all, okay, Metroid Fusion, like good kind of horror. That was the like other the SA- Metroid for Spookfest. I just yeah. didn't play it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the SAX, like, you know, w- the way it's implemented in the game is, like, it's pretty spooky. The way it shows up. And, it like, you can't fucking kill it at all. And it will kill you in two seconds. And you need to get out of there until it's safe. See, that's, um, we haven't done it for the channel, but Metroid Dread, uh, has those sections with the, uh, Emmy, if I remember right. Like, mm-hmm. there's the, uh, there's the robots that can insta-kill Samus, so you have to navigate certain parts of it, but when you die, you, like, load right up where the last time you, like, saved was. Or, like, when you, like, the mm-hmm. last, uh, last room you entered basically so it like it doesn't yeah. auto save there and so you don't lose much progress it's not like oh the last time i like interacted with a typewriter was i don't know like 15 minutes ago i just lost all that progress it's more like oh 
well, I'm just right at back at the beginning and I can try again. So it's, yeah. it, it really just comes down to game design and how frustrating a game becomes. Um, but, like, atmosphere, like, for spooky games, atmosphere is 100%. Like, uh, if, it, it'll, if it gets me into the mood, then that's, that's what I want. Yeah. Like, what would you what would you say is a good example of a game that like did that kind of thing for you, just setting the right atmosphere? For atmosphere, uh, hmm. I would say honestly, Luigi's Mansion has a really good atmosphere. Like, that, it's a very a good example. It's very like dark and like ice. I mean, like it's a Mario game, but like it's dark and isolated, and you're in this big house that you gotta, you know search all these rooms for ghosts and you know it has a good atmosphere it's not very scary i mean it's a you know it's luigi but, but it is um it is a game that it it feels like a mario game but it feels like a horror mario game yeah like exactly it goes to the level of what like a mario game would do for horror um, without yeah. like breaking that world, and so you can still yeah. like get into the atmosphere of that world that it's building mm. and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, for me, um, for a game that I really like the atmosphere of, we didn't do it for Spookfest, but like Super Metroid does a really good job of like making you feel isolated which is like usually an aspect of horror uh is isolation yeah um and it like does a good job at like making you feel like you are uh, a bounty hunter on a on a mission <laughs> makes you feel yeah. like samus um <laughs> but so that's like a, a a game that really does atmosphere well and it does have like some spots where it's like a little like horror-ish, but that's mostly because of the isolation aspects of it, and there's uh, a little bit of Metroid Prime 1 does that as well. Um, and So, both of those are really good examples of that. Um, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. Bioshock is Bioshock, another good example. Bioshock is I, another good example. Like, okay, it's... Bioshock is has great atmosphere until you get into, like, an enemy encounter because it's so loud like it mm, kind of yeah. takes you out of it a little bit just because of like these machines that you have to kill or the fucking big daddies or what have you it, they're really loud and it's like kind not in a it doesn't completely take me out of it but it's just kind of like I wish it was a little bit you know more soap more subtle I guess One, I don't know it, uh, Bioshock is still a great game I love it but so I, I I mentioned this earlier I like the Resident Evil games and a lot of them have pretty good atmospheres even the the more campier ones um, yeah so like Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 which I wouldn't like they're horror games in the sense that there's big scary monsters that are trying to eat you and zombies but they're not horror games and atmosphere, but the Resident Evil games that, like, nail it, like, there are parts of Re Resident Evil Revelations, uh, anything that is, like, Jill on the cruise ship trying to deal with that is, like, really great. Um, yeah. Resident Evil 2, 
um, has a really good atmosphere. Um, and then uh, Resident Evil, like Resident Evil 5, uh, the the DLC portion was that Lost. Oh, Lost in Nightmares. Lost in Nightmares, yeah. Um, that like that nails atmosphere really well. Yeah, okay, I would agree. I'm going through like all of my previous like ratings of games on GameSpot to see if like there's oh any games God. that I just am not remembering. I'm that surprised have, you were like, able to find those. I, I it it still has my profile and it still has all of my ratings somewhere on there. So I'm I'm scrolling through, but no. Uh, without going uh, too much into that, I did want to talk about since Jack had talked about Silent Hill Two, I'd like to talk a little bit about Silent Hill Three because that was a game that I had probably the most experience watching my mom play. And I think that that game really nails the idea of atmosphere just incredibly well. Cause like when you think about like horror games, you think of like unsettling locations. You think of what Landon said, like just being able to make you feel alone and just, you know, just completely exposed to the elements around you. And Silent Hill three manages to do that without even going into the deeper end of what Silent Hill 3 will do because like you have like these different locations like a hospital and an amusement park and stuff like that and they're creepy because there's they're like covered in rust and like some blood and it's very unsettling because you have just random monsters running around and like if you have the radio it'll have like this creepy signal that's constantly playing and it just adds to that unsettling just just that vibe that it's going for but then the locations also have like an alternative i think they call it just alternate uh like reality version of that location and it'll be like covered in blood and just like pulsating uh like pulsating walls and floors and stuff like that i remember the alternate hospital specifically when um my mom was playing that and like there was also an alternate i think like a hotel that were just really creepy because it almost looked like you were in this like literally just like this satanic building in the depths of hell because the floor the walls were like just like have like this like fleshy bloody color to them and they were like moving around and then like the floor was just all like old metal rusty floor covered in blood so you had like the clanking sound and just oh it was it's so it's so scary and it's like one of the reasons why like i can't play these games but like in the moment watching my mom play like it was it was definitely delivering on what the game was intending to do the radio oh, yeah. bit reminds me of a game called Oxenfree, which is a fun, like, 2D puzzle platformer. Excuse me. Um, where a, like, group of friends end up on an island and, uh, like, there's ghost shenanigans. It's really good. I've wanted to do it for Spookfest, but there's been so many super massive games, games that have come out that I'm like, well... Those are easy. Gotta keep playing those. Gotta keep playing those. That's what that's what the people want. And by I think, people, I mean me. I want to play those. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I'm people. I'm people. I'm all people. Thank you. What are you going to say, Jack? Shit, I was going to bring up something else and I've lost my train of thought. On the topic of... <laughs> uh, I don't know. Go ahead, say it. I, 
No, I don't remember. I don't remember what I was gonna say. I damn it, Jack. Just gonna bring up the letter. No. And how much of a masterpiece that game is. Please, please don't bring up the letter. Anything <laughs> but the letter. Oh man. I feel like we truly carried that game's legacy. No legacy. <laughs> um. I don't know. I guess on the topic of atmosphere. If we're yeah, just to, keep talking about games that are that. spooky. I'm trying to find uh, an answer. I know we mentioned them. I know we mentioned them earlier, but Limbo and Inside both have like great atmospheres and like great visual storytelling with no dialogue. What were you gonna say, Cloud? Keep finish up, finish up. No, no, that's about all I was gonna say about so, those two. So, one of the games that probably has the most unsettling atmosphere that I have personally played is it's not in a series known for being horror but they made a horror aspect with this specific game which was twist the metal black and the game's plot basically revolves around the major big bad of the series calypso he's like proposing to the people that he wants to uh have participate in the tournament and most of them are like in an asylum and like there's just a lot of like there, there's this because of that alone the fact that there's one of the major locations of the game is this asylum it's just a lot of it is like darker and grittier than usual because in the previous games they really like kind of played up the hamminess of uh of the of like just the fact that these characters are all fighting each other and like you know these crazy vehicles that just explode and like you know it was it was supposed to be silly but with Met with twist metal black like all of the uh, locations that they go to are kind of like you know spooky or just unsettling like you have this town that's like normally it would be like nice and bright and it's daytime but no now it's like you know really cloudy and almost like if they had just added fog I would think that it came right out of the first Silent Hill game it's like that kind of atmosphere and pretty much every character they kind of go into the fact that like almost all of the characters participating in the tournament are not mentally well in the head so they really do like the psychological horror aspect when they fused into the to the story. It's it's kind of crazy. I don't really know how best to describe it, but is it's probably one of the most unsettling games that I've played because of that. You just it's, have these characters who are It's just like the scarecrow parts of Batman Arkham Asylum. Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I, I think that probably I think that'd probably be a really good comparison. Which yeah. That's that's another like asylum game that's really well done. It's not like it plays up the spooky parts only really during the scarecrow parts. I I feel, yeah. But it's like another, it's a, a fun asylum based game. Um, shit! I was going to bring something up and I forgot about it already. You need to write uh, this stuff down. Oh yeah, the alt <laughs> really should. Uh, I feel like we're forgetting what the truly the most spooky game in the history of Spookfest was Muppet Monster Adventure. Cloud. Okay. Okay. Can you can you can you defend yourself so, for playing that game for Spookfest? <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's so the thing is is that it's the opposite of like what really makes cuz it's a cartoon game, but it's very it's it's very what I think you would probably call like cliche cartoon horror kind of theme or like it's supposed to be, you know, 
I love spooky that for the kids. It, it's supposed to be spooky for like kids, but at the same time, it's it's obviously pl- being played for laughs. Kind I mean, of like he said, Luigi's Mansion is one of his favorite games. So yeah, true. So it's it's one of those kind of games, and it's like probably like it, it's kind like, of weird. So like I I liked it more for the Muppet the Muppet aspect, but like it is it does play up a lot of those like cliche uh, things for humor. Like you have werewolves, vampires. Like if you could think of it like taking like you know being like a cliche you know spooky thing that they like would kind of show in cartoons a lot. Like it's in there. I, I like it. I like unironically loved that let's play. Like I thought that it was like, a very fun let's play. I I thought that game was perfect for Spookfest. Like the first part, like when you're I finally like see gameplay because I like didn't I, I didn't intentionally like try to not spoil it for myself, but I never bothered to look anything up about it. Even though you mentioned it, like I think the year before, like during the Last of Us let's play, but yeah. Uh, when I fir- like when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this rules actually. Like, yeah, it's it, it's Muppets, but it's like it's it's spooky. It's Halloween themed until it gets to the end of the game and the final world is the ice world for some reason. Yeah, I mean, they still they still do a really good job of kind of like they might be playing it for laughs and they might be playing it up, but like they really committed to the bit because like even the main villain is like he's like a baron and he's just like he's he's like he's he's the same kind of cliche spooky kind of character that like they would play for like a comedic horror sort of thing so like they went all the way in they yeah. just they had a random ice world at the end it was definitely my favorite spyro game we played for the channel <laughs> it it is very much similar cuz it is a you know 3D platformer which actually interesting uh topic to go into a lot of games that have horror or spooky elements whether it's for comedic uh, effect or whether it's for actually being like seriously atmospheric uh, genres when it comes to these games they they can they can be kind of diverse like they don't always hit on certain um, genres but and there are there is like a, a couple genres that they kind of stick to most often but you you'll see some games that go into different genres like uh typically you'll have like the kind of action adventure horror survive like or it's going to be like a horror survive like they literally have a horror genre of game because of them being very survival based nowadays but i mean landon mentioned metroid you have you know your 2d uh metroidvania style game well yeah that has that sort of another big yep like it's gothic gothic horror is its setting exactly and uh jack you played quite a few like side uh scrolling games that had that were in that field because i mean night in the woods inside limbo those are all that kind of game where it's you know a 2d um adventure game that's what oxen free and oxen free 2 are are that type of game yeah uh to bring up an RPG. That's a... Yes. Uh, it's one that I want to play for the channel one day. I've never actually played it, but Costume Quest. Yeah. That's been one that I've... Never I've heard of that one. ...thought of you playing. 
like multiple yeah. years. Like it's they're like short, like five to six hour RPGs where you're like you play as like kids on Halloween, like wearing costumes and like fighting monsters and shit. Basically, you I think. get you get the abilities of whatever costume you have, and yeah. something something's happened in town, and you have to like save save the town as whatever. Yeah, yeah. That like, I think that would be a great Spookfest game. It would only be like two streams, but RPGs aren't typically a genre that you usually see uh, go into that territory either. That's an untapped market. Come on. Or at least you, not for, like, the full game. I mean, you'll typically have, you know, RPGs that have a, a portion that will have, like, that sort of thing. Which I mean, I guess to stretch what de- the definition of an RPG is, uh, Bloodborne is kind of an RPG. And it is, is an RPG. It is an yeah, action RPG. You know, Souls, and Souls it is games are RPGs. Yes. Action RPGs, yeah. But... That's a pretty spooky game. Like, more so than... Like, slightly more so than any of the other Souls games. And it's the only one I've played to any decent extent. It's okay. Okay. Uh, Actually, now that I think about it, I know this is going to be, like, probably a... A weird question to ask, and this is more for Landon, since I know Landon's played more of these specific games... But would you say any of, like, the Shin Megami Tensei games ever have, like, that kind of, like, vibe at any points? Because I know that, like, at least based on the art of some of the monsters, that they can kind of try to go for that occasionally. Obviously not, like, a whole game's worth. Um, I mean, kind of. Uh, They don't really lean too much into, like, the horror as, like, traditional horror. It's more like, oh... Demons and angels are killing people. What up with that? Yeah, um, it's more. It's more bleak than. Yeah, scary. it's it's pretty bleak. Okay. Um, I think the the one that like leans into it probably the most as like having like horror aspects to it is uh, uh, SMT Strange Journey, um, because that one um, something's up with the world, um, and like uh, there's like a negative field around Antarctica and they send a team to go investigate and when they get into there they get into like a pocket dimension where like demons rule and shit um and like the crew like breaks down at some point and like shit goes goes sideways for them a little bit so that's like the one that has more of like a horror like undertone than I feel like any of the other ones I've played Whereas all the other ones is just like bleak. Oh, demons. Fuck. God's angry again. Oh, well. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. I do notice that like some like games that have, uh, you know, demons and stuff like that, they can, you know, tread away or towards that sort of thing. And also I know that uh, they have uh, the, the SMT games and even Persona, although they don't really go into the horror aspect. Uh and uh, I think Silent Hill 3 also does this. There's, like, a connection to, like, tarot will sometimes be used to, like, add to that co- sort of atmosphere, just, like, the concept of tarot as, like, a 
I don't know what it is with like these kind of games, but when they use that as uh, an aspect of gameplay or story, it's like it can be infused with a sort of like I don't know, like a spooky motif sometimes. It's because set fate is fucking spooky, man. Can't change your own fate. Yeah, man. It's true. Spooky as hell. So we're kind of like leaning towards uh, going into this topic. And we did a video uh, four years ago, which, geez, I thought it was a little bit more recent than that, but apparently not. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the video that, or the beginning of the podcast, sorry, that we had this video four years ago where we talked about levels in games that are not otherwise spooky. Now, not necessarily just specific levels, but do you guys have any uh, games that you'd like to talk about where there's a portion of the game that kind of has those kind of cool spooky vibes to them that you liked or disliked? I'll bring one up that I let's played recently. Hat in Time, the Subcon Forest, uh, you, gr- Great World. If, I don't know if you said this in the video in that video it or if this is idea. a different level, but it's it probably was. that. Okay, it was. It was he, my. He, it was my picked, number one. He picked the mansion in Subcon for- Forest. Yeah, but it's like it is a level in that world. Yeah, and the whole gotcha. world is like what I'm about. Uh, like the, the whole spooky atmosphere to say the word atmosphere for the 40th time in this podcast, uh, of the subcon forest. It's like, (laughs) don't make this into a drinking game. (laughs) It very much puts you, what the fuck are you whispering about, Lannon? Atmosphere. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's just like, it just it's really immersive in like a kind of like kind of you know like horror for kids kind of way until you get to the mansion level and then it's actual horror and it's fucking terrifying um like at least when you're playing it for the first time and you're not expecting it um but yeah no it's uh it's a great world. I love it. I'm trying to think of other... What the fuck else did I say? We mentioned uh, a couple of instances in the video uh, from a few years ago, but I kind of want to just kind of broaden the scope on them a little bit more. We did talk about a few settings in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and that and Majora's Mask... They're not, like, strictly trying to go for that, but they do have a lot of uh, instances where they kind of capture that sort of uh, thing pretty well, I would say. Uh, I don't know about Majora's Mask. I think someone else would probably be better off talking about Majora's Mask, but if I could talk about Ocarina of Time for a hot second uh, while Landon projectile vomits all over his monitor, probably... uh, I know that the bottom of the well is an incredibly spooky, Hell very yeah. atmospheric area. You've got the Shadow Temple, which I was always scared of the wall masters that will come grab you while you're in the Shadow Temple, because already you have to do what the bottom of the well you were doing, which is use like the lens of truth to see where you're going. And then you just have like this wall that these hands that just kind of try to grab you out of nowhere, so that's pretty spooky. 
And uh, just in general, I know there's heavy use of fog in certain areas of the game. It doesn't do, you know, the spooky thing all of the time. Like, the Fire Temple has got a little bit of spookiness to it. Water Temple, not so much. Forest Temple, not so much. It's a little bit more mystical uh, kind of feeling. Uh, Spirit Temple, not really. Uh, inside Jabu Jabu's belly, that could be kind of spooky. I mean, being inside of a giant monster's digestive system is a little weird. But, you know, it, it varies. But I do like the fact that they manage to make it not jarring when you're switching between those kind of atmospheres. Again, don't make this into a drinking game, please. You are not going to survive. Uh, Al said Paper Mario Chapter 3. Great example. Yeah, that is... That's the whole Boo Mansion and then guy who eats Boo's tub of Uh, Chapter 4 from Thousand Year Door. Yeah. Uh, Classic. All Uh, of Paper Mario's sticker store. (laughs) True. Uh, Fucking Chapter 7. Was it Chapter 7? From... Super Paper Mario, or at least the underwear, yeah, as it's called. Um, sh- I mean, I I've brought this up in the video as well, but shout out to the 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 music for the River Twigs bed in Super Paper Mario, which is actual nightmare music in a children's video game. Like it, I'm surprised they put that in. It's it's like. I remember hearing that for the first time when I was like 12 and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, we haven't actually talked enough about how music can be made to like, and that was another thing that I put in my notes. Like we've talked about games as a whole, but is there any like specific specific musical pieces that really kind of stuck with you? Oh, I know one. Pumpkin Hill. (laughs) <laughs> you, know you know me the fighting freak knuckles <laughs> and we at pumpkin hill you ready okay of they course. got larry it's good they got larry they got larry um rip larry man rip larry fuck fucking rip larry god that's a good that is a good question though uh i'm trying to think of an actual answer while uh, we, while you think about it, Landon, did you want to talk about Majora's Mask, or Jack, would you rather talk about Majora's Mask a little bit? Uh, Landon can, well, I think, if he wants to. Oh, oh, great. What about Majora's Mask? What do you want me to say about Majora's Mask? Uh, just, like, parts spooky. of Majora's Mask that really, like, had a good kind of spooky atmosphere that you think were... Most you know, just of good, the well, game. Well executed. Most, most of, of it. Game. Because that game more so than most Zeldas revolves around death. The exactly, concept yeah. of death. True. So like it it is inherently spooky. Yeah, it's inherently more like unsettling than most of the games. Like the first mask you get is uh, a Deku Nut kid that like is supposed to die. Is to have, supposed to have been dead and like you meet that Deku kid's like father later. Um, and mentions them. You like the Goron that you inherit uh, dies. Uh, the Zoro dies. So like, yeah, there's like a bunch of like it's it's all revolves around death. So like, most of the game is, I mean, literally like the moon's crashing into you. 
Like so Exactly, yeah. It's a game You have that, this impending doom. Yeah, it's a game about death and like the the whole the whole game is like like pushing that on you. And it's probably the the Zelda is why we played it for Spookfest. Um but it was like it's the most like the spookiest Zelda you can get. Um the the next one would be Twilight Princess, but that one yeah. I would say less so just because it 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 doesn't revolve around I think the same concepts as much. <coughs> yeah. Where it's just trying to be like a normal Zelda with ooh Twilight ooh. filter. We, we discovered the color gray. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a good. It's a good example. Uh, let, Jack, did you come up with uh, thoughts on music stuff or thoughts on music stuff? That's what yeah. I do. Say um, the say the ASX theme. The what? Uh, the, sorry, the, the SAX. The SAX theme. Okay. Yeah. I don't. What did I? Yeah, say? that's a. I mean, that's a good one. ASX. ASX. Oh man. AXS. I know, so I mentioned, so I did talk Pokemon during that video that we did, and I went with the Ruins of Alf at the time, and that's still, like, a it's still got, like, the spooky aspect to, like, especially because, like, the unknown, like, you can tune into, like, the radio, and they have, like, this creepy, like, alien signal, that, that's cool and all, I, I'd rather people just go listen to that video if you want to hear me talk about that specifically, but, I mean, just kind of to throw out a very common one, the Lavender Town and the Pokemon Tower in the first Pokemon games does a pretty good job of being pretty spooky and unsettling, especially because the music is, you know, it's, it, I don't know if it's just because of the hardware, because of the limited sound font, and it just came out that way, but it's got a spooky you know, vibe to it, especially because as uh, Landed had mentioned, one of the things that can, you know, make a make a game just have some a moment that's innately unsettling or spooky is just the concepts that they are reaching for which in this case death you're in a town that is centered around this tower that is a grave site so it's 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 pretty interesting how games will be able to kind of just push harder into an aspect like that and kind of make the atmosphere again drinking game uh just kind of come together like that okay i re another answer i was gonna say real answer but i'd, I'd be lying fucking hang castle from sonic heroes great fucking song it My is God. a really fun spooky level with a good song yeah yeah like it's kind of got the it's got the muppet monster adventure style of you know, cool, spooky stuff. Exactly. Um, no, I, I, I like that too. I always, I do love the uh, the uh, the Boo House theme from Super Mario World. I think that one's a classic. I was gonna um, say they the Boo Houses have been like a staple in a lot of 2D Mario games for quite a long time now because of, and it was it all started with Mario World. Yeah. That was that was the first game to do that. Uh tr fucking What's another 
goddamn game that I've let's played for this goddamn channel that I can pick a song from. It doesn't necessarily have to be a <gasps> I know, game. I'm let's just play. struggling to think of something off the top of my head. So, one, while he's uh, looking through past Let's Plays, and while, while he's doing that, he should go watch the Great Ace Attorney VODs. I should go watch the Great Ace Attorney VODs. Yeah, you should turn off your Discord and just go go watch the Great Ace yeah. Attorney VODs, folks. Alright, um, I'll see you guys later. Uh, I think, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back this one, uh, Resident Evil, any of like, the, the save room themes are really nice, but it's mo more so because it's a break from the tension, which is another thing you like need in those style games is like a break from tension, and the music really reflects that. So those usually end up staying with me. Um, like any of the type, like the typewriter theme or like the save room themes that those yeah. those games have, the safe house themes, that type of stuff. Okay, yeah, for sure. Revelations has a really good one. Resident Evil One has a really good one. Um, as long as you're not playing the director's cut. Because the music in that game is... That version of the game is dog shit. Good to know. Yeah. I still can't find the freaking game that I was... Trying to find that we did. It was like a... It was like a one-off. It was either like... Because I think it was like a DLC campaign to a game. Are you talking about... You're probably talking about... Uh, Lost in Nightmares for Resident Evil 5. That's probably what you're thinking about. Yes! That, yeah. Yes, that's it. Okay. Should've that's just, what I was thinking. Should have just asked the question to the audience. Should have. Yeah. But I do remember there was like some like really freaking fucked up looking monsters and shit in the areas. Who played that game for the channel? It was, was Jack and I. We were playing that because it was, was a co-op game. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so yeah, and remember, here, let's, let's play the, the memory game. Uh, you remember that one enemy that, like, kept going back and forth, and, like, we were calling him special or something? Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> the, he was the, uh, I don't know if I should say it on the podcast, but. Definitely not, no. He was, he was our special little guy. Yeah. And, uh, he just wouldn't go underneath the spike trap when we wanted him to. He just turned around, lost interest in me. Um, it was funny. I loved it. It was it it was truly an all-time moment uh in gaming studios. One uh, of the moments of all time. Twitch question um from Darkest Mustard. Speaking of Resident Evil games, I haven't played 7 or Village yet. Wanted to know if any of those are good to play. Uh, I have not played Village. Seven is good. Very spooky. I was gonna say I've heard a lot of good things about Resident Evil Seven since it like was kind of returning to an older style in some aspects. And Owl mentions that one boss in Resident Evil Five you kill with the flamethrower. Dark mode. I think was that the boss we got stuck on, Jack? <sighs> In five? Oh no no no! Oh, no yeah. that, that one, it's the flame. I think it's the flame room. Is what he means. Like you, like trap them in the the flame room. It was like the first boss. No, no, he's talking about the one that you like killed with the flamethrower. I know exactly what he's oh, okay. talking about. It's later in the game. So I was, was gonna say, got, got stuck yes, on? it was. Okay. We got stuck on that forever. 
I'm going to say Flame Room. That just reminds me of the streams that we just did for Dark Pictures Anthology. Uh, yeah. So because there was a there was a flame room with uh, one of the characters. Yeah, basically it was that concept, but you could like trap a like high like high level enemy in it when it's like like it's like one of the first bosses in Resident Evil Five that you have to deal with. Okay. But if you kill it with that, then you lose out on like good loot. Like it it has like a a good drop, um, but you don't have to waste it fuck ton of resources trying to kill it yeah but it, it's like that concept of of a flame th- uh, flame room but then yeah there's that fucking other boss Resident Evil 5 that was definitely a game we played yeah a horror game eh I was gonna say you'd probably consider like Resident Evil 5 to be more just kind of like a just an action yeah, survival game, not necessarily horror, but has some spooky, you know, moments. But kind of just more of an action sort yeah. of game. Five and six are both fun action romps with zombies. In quotes, yeah, featured in in them, um, and less so like God s- spooky games. Like how many games have used zombies at All this of them. point? Every single game. <laughs> Just every single game has every zombies video in it. Game. Every video game has a zombie in it. Fight me. Prove me wrong. Um, just That's like the popular thing now. Zombies. I, it, it's difficult to bring up just one song in particular from the game, but Silent Hill 2's entire soundtrack, just to bring that game up again, is fucking phenomenal. Like, every song... Like, every track used in that game, like, suits the mood perfectly and, like, is a good way of, like, not conveying emotion, but, like, you know how you're supposed to feel just from the music cues. And it's, like, A-plus soundtrack, honestly. And uh, another thing that I, we kind of, like, talked about I just wanted to bring up, I just realized. Now, when it comes to, like, styles of, like, horror, whether it's, you know, a serious attempt or more like a played-for-laugh sort of thing, like, you get, you know, sci-fi horror, you have more, like, kind of just, like, a psychological one, you've got, like, gothic style, you've got a bunch of different ones. Is there, like, a certain preference that you guys have, or is it really just kind of comes down to just, you know, how the game puts everything together more than anything? I mean, that, what you just said, is true. (laughs) That thing you just said. Yeah. But, like, in terms of, like, if I had to pick a favorite style of horror, I fucking love gothic horror. Like, I'm a sucker for that, you know, dark brooding, like, old-timey church shit. Okay. So it sounds like uh, someone's just going to play through every single Castlevania game. Oh boy. I don't want to play Simon's Quest. Alright, you can skip that one. I will say if I were to try to get into like those kind of games more often, I'd probably be more into like psychological horror kind of stuff, because like I don't know, those those tend to really actually get me. So I think I, I think those kind of Yeah. That, that those are pretty cool. 
Um, let's see. Style of horror that I like. Um, I think, like, sorry, you can go ahead. I was just going to keep talking if you were still thinking. I am still thinking. Okay. I mean, like, I'm not super picky about, like, style of horror. I feel like any... It's all about execution. But, like, I think I just have a... I like the gothic shit, but also, like, I like a good sci-fi horror as well. Psychological horror is always good. Um, you know. It really just comes down to how, like, it's executed. And does it unsettle me? Does it scare me even? Does it make me quake in my boots? You know, that's what matters. Yeah, I guess if the game has... If it just hits the notes really well, especially if, like, it's trying to make you feel isolated, that's... That's what I usually like in, in horror games the most. Like, for, okay. for a concept. Yeah. And I noticed that, like... Uh, sci-fi subgenre can do that quite often since you know they just kind of throw you out into you know the vacuum of space so it's a little easier to kind of isolate you when you don't have you know a smaller scope you have a bigger scope to work with so you can kind of that shit in real life uh fucking freaks me out like the idea of going up into space and then just whoops oh yeah I'm just floating now, forever until I oh, yeah. suffocate. That's terrifying. Like yeah. So can we get a can we get a game like No Man's Sky but horror themed? Just make uh, every it, planet you go to cloud. creepy as shit. Cloud. It's called Dead Space. Shit. You're right. <laughs> Damn it. Good games, by the way. At least the first two. Um. Man, I really, I really want to play Alan Wake. I, I know, here's another game I want to play for the channel is Alan Wake because I have Fuck yeah. Alan Wake remastered. But it like I say that because we were talking about like that type of thing, and I was like, ooh, you know, I really like Control, and that it in itself is not like specifically like spooky, but like it's like the psychological horror that. Um, X-Files would tend to do with, like, aliens existing. Okay. Um, And, like, items being possessed uh, by just, like, the supernatural. Um, So, I really like Control for that. Um, That's that's another subgenre I I wasn't thinking of. Supernatural is another one. Yeah, Supernatural. So, I guess guess my real answer is super, like, Supernatural. Um, Supernatural and, like, uh, sci-fi because, like, Metroid is, like, a huge one. I, I, like, love Metroid. Um, bread and butter and it is like it is sci-fi through and through even though not all of the games are like super spooky um it is like yeah it is a good one but but yeah i want to try to do alan wake for like a supernatural horror but once again we have to wait gotta play the quarry (laughs) we're contractually obligated by supermassive games i am at least we're we're still waiting on that paycheck, by the way. Yeah. Supermassive games. Come on, super if you're games. listening. Speaking of paychecks, paychecks. Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> bang so, bang bang. 
We have a Patreon. If you haven't been to it, patreon.com slash gaming stooges. We've got several tiers. There's a $3 tier, $6 tier, $10 tier. The uh, $6 tier gives you exclusive content every month. We've been uploading stuff out the first of every month. Currently doing a Pathfinder campaign, but we've also got a couple tier list videos as well. We've also got a game collection video where we show off a bunch of stuff we have. Uh, we got a, We're, we're going to have a bunch more stuff down the pipeline in the future as well. You, you can get a shout out uh every time we do podcasts and stuff like that if you are at our ten dollar tier which uh the tiers those are subject to change in the future if you hear this like a year or two in the future the tiers might be different it could be like you know maybe there's four tiers maybe there's like three tiers and like the prices change we don't know it depends on where we're going to be at uh in the future and of course on top of the uh patreon we do of course have all of our other social medias which we'll be mentioning at the end of the video with our outro as we always do landon's got some tillamook malted moo shake that's not spooky yeah it is why is it there spooky ice cream it's the spookiest ice cream i have on hand (laughs) al Al mentioned uh spooky Spooky visual visual models aka ghost trick ghost trick yeah watch the ghost trick vods baby that like is probably been my favorite game that we've uh streamed for Spookfest. really mostly because we do like stupid voices the for stupid voices character. it's it's really fun mm-hmm. malted moose shake that does sound good um yeah no i've i've been loving ghost trick so far it's not even remotely a spooky game it's just about dead people so (laughs) it's like vaguely spooky just the concept of death um but uh there is uh the one that we have not mentioned the one the one I think he uh, means the Doki Doki Literature Club yeah. Yeah. The Doki Doki. So, it's like the so this is the only game that I uh one of the only games that I actually have a lot of experience with that you could say is in that cor- sort of genre. And that's definitely got some like psychological at horror aspects to it. Yeah. It is it's it really like it's it's too story driven for me to try to that to want to spoil anything major. But, I mean, it definitely does a good job of when it does the first twist on you, kind of like a quarter of the way through the game or a third of the yeah. way through the game. It really, it's, like... It's like half. It, it really, like, throws you for a loop. You know, that didn't stop you from ruining the experience for me and by talking about the game before I ever had a chance to even decide if I ever wanted to play it, so... I mean, I had a... Fa- you, I, I know that... Let's be real, Landon. Were you going to? <laughs> I don't know. I, I never got the chance to think about it. <laughs> okay, but we're doing a podcast, and I don't. And this is going to be like something that's going to be out on like a, a billion different platforms. So I don't want to make the same mistake twice. Just because I did it one time, Landon, doesn't mean that I'm going to do it every single time. I'm what? learning my lessons. One time. Mm, okay. But, no, I. But I I do want so if I could if I could continue I don't want. 
like there it is it really halfway through because it feels like it's a little earlier than it's, halfway through but it, i would it say definitely like, gets it definitely gets progressively worse there i think it depends on how much of the game you end up doing there are three acts and the the first act is kind of the longest but like it's not, not by too much it's like a it's like a six hour game and i would say the first act is like three hours I don't remember if I spent three whole hours on it, but you might be right. It's been it's been a hot minute, but um, yeah. Let me check out. It definitely, it definitely is the kind of game that it it's it's like a subversive since it doesn't start off like that, and then it just get it, it throws you that that hook, and then it just gets progressively worse and worse from there until it really takes a turn, and it's just one of those like you know, kind of just weird creepy unsettling things that kind of like messes with your head it is very psychologically driven yeah it's like almost a spoiler i mean like everyone knows at this point that it's a horror game so that's saying that isn't really a spoiler but like when it first when it first came out it it wasn't it they didn't there's no indication the idea like is to just go in knowing as little as possible because like my friend like, I had only known about it, like, in passing. Like, I had seen, like, I don't know, maybe a fan art of one of the characters on Twitter or something. But, like, w- my friend one day sat me down, and he's like, we're going to play Doki Doki Literature Club. And I'm like, okay. And we, you know, we laughed and joked about it for, like, however long the first, like, chunk of the game took. Uh, and then, you know... Once it hits the point that it gets to, I'm not going to be any more specific than that because saying anything beyond that is kind of saying too much. But uh, it fucked with me, like, a lot, actually. Like, it's pretty extreme in the way that it was presented. And, uh, yeah, it was, like... I don't know. I couldn't. I think. I think part of that might be, and I'm going to say this as vaguely as possible. But I think when a game manages to kind of like mess with interfaces that should not be taught, that are like kind of sacred to a video game, and it, kind of like really turn them on their head, like that can be spooky in and of itself. It's not just that, but it's also like the topic at hand being. Yeah. Like what, what it, it is, w- yes. what it is, and you know what it be, what it do, w- what it be, and what it do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's about all I'll say on it. I have played through right. the entire game, and it's uh, you know, it's a pretty fun time. On that note, I do want to ask one last question: Are there any games where you've played that, whether or not they had a spooky element to them? Um, they messed with like the interface in a way that was kind of spooky because like you know sometimes they'll like interact with the things like the UI or your controls in a way that the game typically is not meant to do. Raiden, unplug the game console now. <laughs> Turn off the system. Yeah, I was going to say Metal Gear um, has probably the most noteworthy bizarro kind of moments yeah. with that sort of thing yeah well Psycho-Mantis. metal gear psychomantis 
and he talks about the games that you have on your fucking memory card. Um, uh, Eternal Darkness has one of the more notable uh, examples of that that I can think of, where, like, the game literally just, like, blue screens and restarts, and, like, it shows, like, your save data being deleted and some shit. <laughs> That's and it's so like, messed up. It's so... Yeah, no, it's, like... It's very... Like, in I mean, you know, it's trying to fuck with the player in like that sort of way. I but would be fucked up if that if I saw that game that. came out. That game came out in two thousand three, so that's like twenty pretty ahead of its time in ago. terms of like the way it fucks with you. That game yeah. needs a fucking re-release, honestly. Nintendo. That's your game. Do it. Anything from you to add, Landon? I mean, th those are the most notable examples of games that f fuck or use the UI. Yeah, I can't okay. think of any... I can't think of any other specific examples. I mean, I can think of a few, but most of those aren't really doing anything spooky or horror-themed or even just unsettling. It's just kind of like... It's atmospheric, but not in the kind of way that, like, is pertinent to this podcast topic, so... Not really something I could add. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Uh, did, did we have anything else we wanted to bring up on this topic, or are we all... We want to close up and... I, I have a very ...do our question. usual... Yes, what is What is your guys' take on pumpkin spice? Pumpkin spice? Like, yeah. as a flavor? Yeah. Because See, here's it's the spook fest, so we have to talk about. See, here's the. Th it's funny that you mentioned that because I was literally thinking that to myself earlier. I think pumpkin spice as a flavor is kind of overrated. I love pumpkin pie. Like I will fuck up a piece of pumpkin pie, but pumpkin like flavored shit, like it's it's all right. Like I think it's I think it's pretty good. Like I'll eat it, but it's not like amazing. Yeah. It's 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 okay when it comes to like beverages because I know a lot of you know people get you know pumpkin spice lattes and shit like that. I don't know when it comes to like holiday. So when it comes to like holiday centric drinks, I'm more of like a, an apple cider kind of guy or like a eggnog yeah. kind of or an eggnog kind of guy. App I I like apple cider a hell of a lot more than pumpkin spice shit for Halloween. Or, like, just the yeah. fall season in general. Okay. Thank you can you answer your own question, Landon? What? Oh, I was drinking... Are you, just, are you gathering data? <clears throat> I'm gathering da data for myself, but uh, to answer my question, <laughs> I was drinking a pumpkin spice tea during this video. I've had pumpkin spice oh. bagels um, for breakfast pretty much every single day. <laughs> I had a pumpkin three-layer cream uh, slice of pie while I was at uh, Sherry's on Saturday. Um, so I take it... So I take it you like pumpkin yes. spice. See, I, I like Jack, love pumpkin pie. Um, I, like, even as a kid, like, I asked for it for my, bur my birthday dessert. <laughs> Do you even know how hard that is? 
Yeah, they're not even remotely in season. Yeah. And at the end of April, six months away from Halloween. Yeah. But, you know, they would still make it for me. So, there you go. Hell yeah. But that's because that's how much I like it. And, you know, most people... So, I don't do lattes or coffee. So, like, that whole, like, basic, basic bitch, like, pumpkin spice latte during the, the fall season, like... I didn't care about that because that's not me, but I'll consume anything that says pumpkin in it. Give it to me. Okay, I will say, like, pumpkin cake and mm-hmm. pumpkin, like, cupcakes, that shit is delicious. With, like, cream cheese. Yeah. So good. I've had some really good pumpkin pumpkin cookies with cream cheese. Basically. Ooh. Yeah. Basically, I like cream cheese, so... <laughs> Put it on. Hell yeah. Put it on stuff for me. I'll agree with that. All right. Uh, so, is there a. Uh, let's uh, kind of wrap things up here. Is there any new stuff that you'd like to talk about that's new from the last. since the last podcast we did, or just recent topics that you'd like to touch on and talk about real quick? Just kind of go over. Uh, not a whole lot has been going on with me. I went to a couple of shows uh, as you I, do as I do as I tend to I got sick uh, fairly recently uh, feeling a little better now uh, several weeks ago I like right after the last podcast uh, was or right before the last podcast excuse me was when Landon saw Chris Farron and I saw him right after the end of the last or right after the last podcast no we so. talked about I thought we talked about you seeing him oh uh, that we? might have been I feel like that it. might have been a stream I don't know I don't remember either way um perfect set perfect set from Chris Farron uh yeah not a whole lot my girlfriend and I have been watching Castlevania on Netflix which fucking rules by the way uh, I had seen, I watched the uh, first season back when it first came out, and I thought that was sick, but it was only four episodes at the time, so I kind of forgot about it for a long time, and then I look, and suddenly, oh, there's like 50 episodes now. Hell yeah. So, we've watched uh, the first two seasons, and it is, I highly recommend. Great show. Extremely violent. Great, spooky, October-type show. Okay. Anything else to add? Uh, not for stuff that I've been up to. Uh, Any as far as topic that came that's come up that you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about in a stream or anything like that? Uh, happy Halloween. Uh, f- like when is this going to be going up? Like October twenty seventh or something? Yeah, it's, it's going to be like a couple days out from Halloween, basically. Yeah, I mean, close enough. I mean, like, yeah, this will be Halloween. This will be the last podcast before Halloween. So, happy Halloween. Enjoy the holiday. It's on a Tuesday this year, which sucks ass. But yeah, it's a random day for it to fall on. I it It's the worst. Halloween is the best on a Saturday, like, every year. Uh, but, yeah. In, be safe uh, and party responsibly. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything substantially new on my end. I think probably the only major thing is that we are uh, trying to 
move some stuff around over here because my girlfriend's going to be getting some of the small furniture and some other stuff that uh, was at her old place moved in. So we've she cleaned up this room that you can't see it because we're doing spooky lighting, but like the behind me is like all cleaned out from where from what was there. And now it's like all over like this one side of the room instead. So that that space behind is going to have like a bookcase and possibly a couple other things. But yeah, just kind of reorganizing ourselves. Um, other than that, I haven't really been doing too, too much. Just kind of been working. Uh, there was uh, between, I'm pretty sure after the last podcast we did, but before this one, there was the announcement that the... Uh, and this is, I guess it's spooky in some way. The 3DS and Wii U are going to be completely stripped of their online functionality starting next year. Rest so, in peace. Rest in peace. Those were some real ones. But uh, because of that, even though it was announced that Pokemon Bank is literally the one exception of what's not getting taken down, they did kind of like say, hey... Make sure you move all your stuff up sooner rather than later. So I've been playing through Pokemon Gold uh, because I randomly decided I wanted to do like a virtual console living decks because I already have like half of the stuff there. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. I want I want a bunch of Pokemon with a little Game Boy icon. You get a little Game Boy icon if you bring a Pokemon up from the virtual console games. Which That's cute. I'm sure... I'm sure the 3DSs uh, with the virtual console titles are going to be going up in price and value kind of like the same way that the PS4s with uh, PT on them are going to be sought after by collectors because, you know, they have just the same reason that any device with like lot with like media that you can't get on there anymore. But it's going to yeah. be a it's going to be an interesting time for the market once all of that closes up next year. Uh, and then I've been re-watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Like the original show, but subbed. I don't know why I possessed me to start watching that, but I'm like going through the Duelist Kingdom arc. It's It goes by a lot faster than I forgot. I forgot that the sh- show like really goes through its arcs like super fast up until like late into Battle City because they went too fast now to make a whole fill arc. But that's, yeah, nothing really else new on my end. Landon. Hi, that's me. I, let's see, we went and saw Big D in the kids' table. Hell yeah. But because I was deadly sick, I did not stick around to see mustard plug not hell yeah but i did buy three other albums hell yeah so i i essentially got my mustard plug like uh show i just it's in my car now um nice. let's see what else um i guess the 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 biggest thing that i've done since um was the portland gaming retro expo was this past weekend so went out on sunday to that I uh, showed off what I got on our Discord, but I, I can go through it really quick for the hooligans that are not part of our Discord. Join the Discord server. Join the fucking Discord. Um, 
Um, I, Please. I got a couple Dragon Ball games that I didn't have. I got the last Famicom one. Um, one it's one of the Goku Den games. It's the Frieza Arc one. Um, I got Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulation for the DS and Super Mario oh, yeah. 64 DS, which uh, I had a friend who was like, I'm going to go through and like, because uh, he lost a bunch of stuff or uh, uh, he lost access to some of his stuff. So he like uh, is going back through and fi- uh, like getting some old stuff that he used to have, but he doesn't anymore. Um, and so there was like a lot of DS stuff and I like realized cause he like found a copy of, uh, 64 DS. And I was like, you know, I actually don't own that game. So I, I picked it up for 25 bucks. Um, it's not bad. No, no. I thought it was a pretty good price. Um, I, uh, got a black label wind waker, which was, uh, I had a player's choice before. Um, so now all of my Zelda's match. Um, I got, uh, GT Transformation and Cloud's favorite Dragon Ball game. No. Yeah. I, I know it's your no. favorite. Um, no, it's not. And then from the, uh, limited run booth, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, like, I, I like how, I like how, I like how for the podcast, you didn't even bother mentioning the title of the game. You just said it's, it's my favorite. Yes. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's how we're doing it. You don't. You don't want to tell us the name of the game, Landon? Oh, no. You already know what it is. Yeah, you... It's, Go it, listen to our Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball podcast. We do talk about the game in another Dragon Ball podcast because it is, in fact, a Dragon Ball game. I mean, you can say it if you want, Cloud, but I don't want to. It's, it's Dragon Ball Z Taiketsu. Oh, I'm gonna game have to advance. bleep that shit out. My god. <laughs> If you don't remember to bleep out what I just said, I'll be disappointed. Don't worry, I'll bleep it out with, I don't know, a swear word. Can you just say <laughs> fuck really quick for me? Dragon Ball Z fuck. There we go. Fuck. Um, and then from the limited run booth, um, so I didn't get to go Saturday, so they sold out of all the River City uh, Girl 2 PAX variant. Um, no, like Switch copies, and they didn't have like a regular copy there. So, um, unfortunately, I did not get River City Girls two, but I got the Valis one and two collection. Um, and then um, one of my f- uh, actually it's Pixel um, because long ago I broke my copy of Majora's Mask. Uh, so she sold me her copy of Majora's Mask for 64. So now I have a complete yeah. Zelda collection again. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, and then most importantly, I got some new dice, um, from one of the booths. And that was, one of them is Spookfest themed, glow in the dark, orange with, bl- uh, with black numbers on it. And then it was nice. a fun green and blue set, so we'll be rolling those. Hell uh, yeah. Soon. And then most importantly, I played Sonic Superstars today. Oh. You know, I, I bought the Switch so version Lennon. yesterday, and yeah. Do you have any thoughts to share, or would you rather rate, share those later? Rated on a scale from 1 to 10 right now. From 1 to 10? No, don't, don't, no, don't, don't rate it. Yes. No, don't read it. He asked me to read it yesterday, and I yeah. haven't even played it. 
And I said 7 out of 10. You know, that's a really good it's rating. It's a classic. That's a classic. classic. I haven't played it yet. Classic, haven't played it yet. 7 out of 10. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I suspect we might do a full Sonic Superstars slash Super Mario Wonder podcast episode at some point as a fun most likely as a fun app so I'll hold off I'll say and this is what I said on our discord um it it felt better when I turned the sensitive sensitivity all the way up it's like that's how like it, it just started to feel better I'm playing the switch version uh because one my laptop sucks and also it sounds like they fucked the uh, steam release for that Go figure. Yeah, I heard. Yay. In order to play multiplayer, you need an Epic Games account. Cool. Two. If we're gonna play multiplayer, um, I'm not paying for uh, PlayStation Plus. So. Oh yeah, fair. Yeah, there's that. I was gonna be getting it. I was gonna be getting it on Switch mostly because like that's where all of my 2D Sonic games are. Like I have Sonic Mania on that. I have Sonic Origins on that, so I'm like, I may as well just get Superstars on that too. Yeah, and as far as single player goes, it uh, runs it runs well uh, on the Switch. Like, I I haven't had any performance issues. It doesn't look awful in that case. So yeah, it it'll work really well on the Switch. I feel we'll see about multiplayer. I've heard it's uh, a chaotic mess for multiplayer, uh, at least for four player. But we'll see perfect yeah we'll see how three players handle yeah it. we'll see that i've been playing as knuckles and that's been fun yeah um and then yeah nice. the only other thing i've really done is played a bit more legend of nayuta i i think i only have the like the uh epilogues uh epilogue final boss to to go through so i i, I finished up all of the 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 extra levels you unlock and the uh, the re redux of uh, bosses the first four bosses so yeah all I have to do is the the true final boss and then I'll have beaten that game all right yeah we got uh, any other closing statements or are we all set to sign out for tonight nope Spook my us. my day tomorrow is gonna suck so we're gonna leave now bye. All right, we will catch you in our next episode, which we haven't decided yet. So join our Discord so you find that out. Have a good one. Thank Spook you Fest. for listening in. Bye bye. Happy Spookfest. Spook Happy Halloween. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Gaming Stooges Talks podcast. If you enjoyed us, consider subscribing to our podcast RSS feed. Or follow us on youtube.com slash gamingstooges and twitch.tv slash gamingstooges for more gaming content. If you'd like to chat with us, join our Discord. The link can be found in the episode description. We also want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Your continued support means a lot to us. Not already one? Please take a look at what we have to offer anyone who becomes a patron at patreon.com slash gamingstooges. See you next time!